0: Well, good morning. It's Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Slava, Ukraine. Herorium Slava. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, tell your friends to Google Political Views TV Podcast, and I'll show it right at the top of the search. And man, do I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much for coming every day, in case I didn't tell you yet. Uh, if you can, please bring someone with you today or tomorrow and tweet to me questions, Insights or come fight with me at cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. Uh, As usual, let's start with uh, the war in Ukraine. According to uh, Swedish presidency of the EU, the European Union has adopted its 11th package of sanctions against Russia. Uh, The package includes measures aimed at countering sanctions circumvention and individual listings. Uh, I'm sure we will hear more details about that uh, later today. It's just starting, it just it was just announced. The UK is set to unveil a new uh, $3 billion aid package for Ukraine to be rolled out over the next three years while it fights back against Russian forces. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak also announced he would launch a separate framework to improve investor confidence, working with commercial insurance markets on risks to help meet Ukraine's future needs. More than 1,000 foreign dignitaries from 61 countries, along with captains of industry and global investors, are expected in London for the International Ukraine Recovery Conference 2023, starting today. Uh, In opening remarks, Sunak said, "Before this terrible war, it was the breadbasket of Europe, exporting millions of tons of food and grain each month. A top five exporter of iron ore and steel, a leader in energy, pushing forward renewables, hydrogen, and electric vehicles, and a startup nation. Uh, and a startup nation which helped spark names like PayPal, WhatsApp, and Revolut, with a thriving tech sector which actually." had a record year in 2022. The truth is that opportunity is still there today. In fact, the war has only proved how much Ukraine has to offer. Uh, And uh, pretty great uh, opening remarks, I'd say. Uh, United States Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. will give Ukraine more than $1.3 billion in aid to help overhaul, overhaul its energy grid and modernize infrastructure. Blinken told the Ukraine Recovery Conference in London... Recovery is about laying the foundation for Ukraine to thrive as a secure, independent country, fully integrated with Europe, connected to markets around the world. With the support of the U.S. Congress, we will provide more than $1.3 billion in additional aid to help Ukraine toward that goal. Uh, other news stations had, uh, or uh, news sites had a l- little bit of, uh, you know, Uh, They were reversing it and saying it was $3.1 If you see that, that is incorrect. In a video on Twitter, former uh, British uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said, we need to focus on the Ukrainian counteroffensive and make sure that the Ukrainians had everything that they could possibly need. For months and months, I have been saying that what they need is the deep fires, the long-range missiles that they're going to need to take out the Russian command, and control positions. It's also incredibly clear that it's no good just giving the Ukrainians help with armor from the West, armored vehicles, Bradleys, Challenger tanks, Leopards, and so forth, unless the Ukrainians also have air superiority. Uh, He spoke about F-16s, of course. Uh, NATO Secretary, uh, Secretary General, hold on a second, let me just make sure. Yeah. Uh, NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg has promised to pledge further help to modernize Ukraine's military uh, military at the Defense Alliance Summit uh, on July 11th and 12th in the Lithuanian capital of Vilnius. Stoltenberg told German newspaper Tagesspiegel that the Allies will adopt a multi-year aid package that will help. The Ukrainian military make the transition from an army based on old Soviet model to a modern force operating in accordance with NATO standards, which will eventually help them join NATO. When they, they, If they're already there militarily, it would be much easier for them to join if we can end this war. The United Kingdom's defense ministry has said in its latest update, Russia is continuing its efforts to build defensive lines to maintain its positions in Ukraine, especially occupied Crimea. It tweeted, These elaborate defenses highlight the Russian command's assessment that Ukrainian forces are capable of directing, directly assaulting Crimea. Uh, and on that note, Andrei uh, Kovalev, a spokesperson for the general staff of the Ukrainian Armed Forces said its forces are gaining some ground towards Melitopol or Melitopol, however you want to pronounce it, and Berdyansk uh, as fighting continues in the Zaporizh- uh, Zaporizhia region. Kovalov was uh, quoted as saying they had partial success, they are gaining ground, adding that the gains were near the settlements of Malatokmachka and Robotny, uh, among others. Uh, Why is that important, you ask? Because what have I been saying all this time? That they need to, that they're going to go south towards Melitopol and cut off Russia from Crimea, and then they're going to blow the Kerch Strait Bridge. Somehow they got to blow that bridge. Uh, Because it's already been rebuilt after the last explosion. In the narrow Fominsk district, uh, about 50 kilometers, uh, uh, which is like 31 miles southwest of Moscow, regional governor Andrei Vorobyov wrote on Telegram, two drones crashed today at 5.30 and 5.50 in the morning uh, on approach to storage units of a military base. The Russian Defense Ministry later said three drones were down. The ministry said Russian defenses had used electronic jamming, to cause the drones to lose control and crash without causing any casualties or damage. <sighs> now that I have your attention, let's move on. Let's try and fix the rest of the world. And let's move on to Giftgate. Oh, you know what? I need I, I need a little bit of coffee for this. Yes, Giftgate. It continues at the Supreme Court. Uh, ProPublica has again released a story. ProPublica has been releasing these stories about Justice uh, Thomas and Justice Alito, and more is coming today. More came yesterday, rather. Late yesterday, they reported that U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito took an undisclosed private jet flight to Alaska in 2008 with billionaire Paul Singer, whose hedge fund repeatedly had business before the high court in subsequent years. Alito's refused to answer questions for the ProPublica story. Instead, he attempted to soften the blow with an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. Just so you know, the Wall Street Journal front page, good place to get news. They have a a brief on all the important articles. It's actually nonpartisan. But once you turn to page two, forget it. It's as far right as they get. (laughs) In fact, much of page one is like that, too. Uh, Wall Street Journal opinion pieces are always extreme right. In that article, he said that there was nothing untoward about the private j- jet flight to Alaska. When was the last time you had a pri- private jet flight to Alaska? Can I just ask that? Was it, was it recently? Um, his stay at a commercial... Uh, uh, okay, let's do this again. In the article, he said that there was nothing untoward about the private jet flight to Alaska his stay at a commercial fishing lodge owned by Robert Arkley II, a donor to the far-right wing legal movement, movement, or his decision not to disclose them. There's nothing here. (laughs) Alito wrote that he was invited shortly before the fishing trip without mentioning by whom and was asked whether I would like... uh, uh, He said, was asked whether I would like to fly there in a seat that, as far as I'm aware would have otherwise been vacant. No, let me ask you something. If you went to uh, 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 LAX or, I don't know, LaGuardia, wherever, and you went to United Airlines' desk and they said, hey, is there a vacant seat that I could have for free? What do you think they would say? Notably, Alito also omitted the detail that Leonard Leo, co-chair of the Conservative Federalist Society and a key figure in the decades-long effort to pull the U.S. judiciary to the right, helped organize the Alaska trip. A. Raymond Randolph, what is with these right-wing names? Leo, (laughs) Leo, uh, Leonard Leo, Raymond Randolph. It's like a, it's, it's like a, um... Uh, a, a D.C. Uh, arch-villain list. <laughs> a. Raymond Randolph, a conservative uh, appellate judge, also attending. According to ProPublica, Leo invited Singer to join and ask the hedge fund tycoon if he and Alito could fly on the billionaire's jet. Leo had recently played an important role in the justice confirmation to the court. ProPublica reported Singer... And the lodge owner were both major donors to Leo's political groups. Of course, Twitter went nuts at this story. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse asked in a tweet, he has he just happened to be flying to Alaska, and there just happened to be a private jet going to Alaska with an empty seat. And he just happened to find out Find that out. Like on some weird billionaire share ride Uber. Oh, and would that empty seat trick? fly with legislative or executive ethics disclosures? Hint, no. And how about with the Financial Disclosure Committee? Right? You didn't ask. This just keeps getting worse. Billionaire hedge fund manager Paul Singer had business before the Supreme Court more than 10 times. And Alito didn't think it was important to disclose this trip or recuse himself from the cases. And the extra connection we have. Leonard Leo, we've talked about him before. He attended a vacation with Justice Thomas at billionaire Harlan Crow's Lakeside Resort in upstate New York five years ago. Let's ask a question. Did Harlan Crow, Leonard Leo, or Paul Singer ever offer trips to Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I'm just curious. In a statement to ProPublica, Leo declared that he would never presume to tell the conservative judges what to do and no objective and well-informed observer of the judiciary honestly could believe that they decide cases in order to cull favor with friends or in return for a free plane seat or fishing trip. I, I want you to think about that statement. Um, how many times have you met someone that was friends with someone because of what they could do with for them? How many times, how many times has, has a friend said, "Uh, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. What's it all about? What's friendship all about? It's about greed. Uh, Paul Singer's most famous gamble eventually made it, made its way to the Supreme Court in 2001. Argentina was in devastating economic depression Unemployment skyrocketed and deadly riots broke out in the streets. The day after Christmas, the The government finally went into default. For Singer, the crisis was an opportunity. As other investors fled, his fund purchased Argentine government debt at a steep discount. Most investors settled, but his hedge fund refused. Uh, In 2014, years after the Alaska fishing trip, the Supreme Court finally agreed to hear a case on the matter, specifically how much protection Argentina could claim as a sovereign nation against the hedge fund's legal maneuvers in U.S. courts. The court ruled, in Singer's favor, with Alito joining the majority. In his journal op-ed, Alito claimed he wasn't aware of Singer's connection to the case, even though Singer's role was well-publicized in the press, like he doesn't read newspapers. But that was then. What about now? The Manhattan Institute, a conservative think tank that Singer chairs, has filed a friend-of-the-court brief urging justices to block the student Loan debt relief plan. Gee, I wonder which side Alito will fall on the decision. Moving on, uh, it may be true, but it's not always a good idea to say it out loud. Speaking at the campaign at a campaign fundraiser in California, Biden suggested that she was embarrassed because he didn't know about the alleged Chinese spy balloon. Flying over the United States earlier this year, despite his status as China's all powerful leader. That's not a problem because Xi himself has said that he was surprised about it. He didn't know about it. That was his defense claim. The problem was how Biden said it. He said, The reason why Xi Jinping got very upset in terms of when I shot down. I uh, shot that balloon down with two boxcars full of spy equipment as he didn't know it was there. That's a great embarrassment for dictators when they didn't know what happened. Yes. Foot and mouth disease. Biden inferred she was a dictator. Mao Ning, a spokesman for China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs, said that Biden's comment were extremely absurd, irresponsible. Seriously contradicting the basic facts, he accused the president of seriously violating diplomatic protocol and seriously infringing on China's political dignity, which is an open political provocation. He told a daily briefing, China was strongly dissatisfied. I, and, and let me just ask, please explain how she, as long as you're, you know, making public statements, please exp- explain how she is not a dictator. When was the last time he actually got elected by the people? Yeah, I know. So, we have more about that. Hunter Biden's uh, plea deal, and and it's being attacked on both sides. Two misdemeanor counts of not paying enough taxes, which were paid back after the fact, and one felony gun charge that he was offered uh, um, that it be dropped for probation. Uh, he lied on a paper to get a handgun that asked if he had a drug problem. That's all he did. That's all it was. Republicans are claiming he got off easy, while well, Democrats are saying that normally a person wouldn't even be charged, that they would only pay a fine, and that would be it. Meanwhile, Republicans in Congress say they will continue to investigate Hunter Biden because they and the Bidens and Joe Biden uh, because they are desperate. The only way to win the next election is to prove Biden has done something illegal because they have a criminal candidate themselves so far. Although I don't think Trump is going to make the cuts. I think, and I, and I hope he runs third party. That would be so cool. And it's something a greedy little asshole like him would do. Moving on. Florida. Hey, you know, I could stop right there. You know, it's bad. And we warned this would happen, didn't we? You and I, we warned this would happen. DeSantis had passed a law cracking down on undocumented uh, immigrants. The government usually turned a blind eye when it comes to immigrants working for Big Agra and for rich people as nannies and slaves, which is what they basically are. Now corporations who fear having to pay a fair wage are speaking out. Uh, They're speaking out quietly because they don't want to piss off DeSantis. Uh, following right-wing lawmakers' passage of Senate Bill 1718, thousands of working-class immigrants, including many who are residing lawfully in the U.S., have opted to leave Florida for safer states. Hey, they're called migrants for a reason. They migrate to where they can work safely. Why would you want to piss them off? What, is, what has he got against big business? And 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 what kind of Republican... A a view is that hating big business like Disney and Big Agra and everybody else. The new law places harsh restrictions on undocumented immigrants, among other things. It also requires the repayment of certain economic development incentives if the state, which plans to conduct random audits of businesses, finds or is notified that an employer has knowingly employed an undocumented immigrant without verifying their employment eligibility, which it's already happened federally, right? Meat packing plants. Uh, I'm sure there must be a meat pa- packing plant somewhere in Florida, I-, I would guess. Chicken. Chickens, maybe. I don't know. Uh, DeSantis' xenophobic approach has sparked fears that a labor shortage will leave cro- crops unpicked tourist hotels short of staff and construction sites idle. According to the Tallahassee Democrat, a newspaper, Florida employers in construction, restaurants, landscaping, and many other service sectors already are struggling to fill jobs during what has been a post-pandemic sustained stretch of low employment. The new immigration limits will compound that. And, And why wouldn't they? Because these corporations, these businesses, refuse to pay a fair wage. Who's going to uh, 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 get paid that $10 an hour? Who's going to do it? Someone who's that desperate. Moving on. Oh, actually, not moving on. I short one today. That's it. Thanks for listening. Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. Man, do I appreciate you. Uh, bring someone with you today or tomorrow, PVTV, Political Views TV podcast, that's what you Google to find me. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Tweet to me questions, insights, or come fight with me at cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S on the Twitter. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget that. I'm Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles.